be close. That would be really awesome. So you guys could hear some stuff from them. Yeah, right there is great. Over there is good, too. Um, yeah, you could come get down close where you can see and meet these folks. So I'd like to introduce my friends, Grant and Megan, not Megan and Grant, Grant and <laughs> Megan. And uh, Grant and Megan are YWAM missionaries. And so they're going to speak uh, later. They're going to have this, this, the message time. But we wanted to do some question and answer, like interview stuff, to help the kids kind of connect with them today. So, you, well, these are different questions. It's totally different questions than we had before. All right? So, Grant and Megan, for those who don't know you, could you tell us a little bit about who you are? And we're going to, like, maybe we'll go back and forth a little bit, but this one you could both answer. So, is that one on? Is there a green light? We'll find out. There's a green light. There you go. All right. All right. So, who are you? Who are you? Well, I'm Grant Walker. Um, I'm 18 years old. Um, I'm a high school dude. I'm finishing my senior year of high school. I'm loving it. We're homeschooled. We live in a small house. We have a great time. Maybe you should describe how God. small that house is. It's 800 square feet. Um, we have a younger brother who's 14, and uh, we all sleep in one room. So, you know, it's a party. But How many yeah. of you kids want to sleep in the same room with your older siblings? What? No. Why not? So, my name's Megan Walker. I'm a junior in high school. Uh, I'm 16, and yeah, I'm w- from YWAM, Idaho, uh, so came away, but. All right. So, here's my list of questions. We've got some questions that are, like, long form, and then we've got rapid-fire questions that are meant to, like, take them off balance and get crazy <laughs> answers out of them, okay? So, it, you're free to laugh at any point, except for one that's a serious answer. Don't laugh at the serious <laughs> answers. So, um, for the kids in the room, how old were you guys when you started following Jesus? Um, I think for me, like, I was like, your guys' age, you know? I, I was hearing God at that age, but I really wasn't, I didn't know what God wanted for me, right? I didn't really follow. I just kind of was led. And so, I started pretty young, you know? I was like four or five and then I think it's been, I call, I'm, I think I'm two years old in God. So I've been a Christian for two years, like of my own accord, of my own relationship and walk with God. But Yeah, for me, this is kind of a complicated question as mm-hmm. well. Like, So I think I prayed the prayer, you know, as like a little three-year-old. We grew up in church. Uh, but I think about three years ago, um, I was healed of a lifelong disease, and so it, like, blew my mind, and I didn't know what to do with it, so I kind of, like... You should probably tell them which disease that is. Celiac disease, yeah. Which so, means... Uh, so it's an autoimmune disease. No, no, it's no, not that part. Oh. The part where you can't eat things. Yeah, so I can't eat, like, gluten. a bunch of gluten. Wheat. Things that I can't eat. The things that I can't eat. <laughs> right, I'm just saying there's hope. Yeah, there definitely is, yeah. Proclaim the testimony. Yeah, so uh, about three years ago, I just kind of started seeking God, just kind of randomly reading my Bible, you know, um, and then about a year ago, I was, like, wrecked by the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, dude, now, like, that's when everything started happen- happening. Like, life started going crazy. Like, I'm just loving life with the Lord, you know? So they keep using the word wrecked. How many of you guys are familiar with that word, huh? We, we did a sermon series recently we called, you know, wrecked for anything uh-huh. less. And it created a lot of confusion because we were talking, like, about marriage and stuff, like wrecked marriages. And it just didn't work. <laughs> so it was great fun. Um, so briefly, uh, could one of the two of you just share us you know, a little bit more about YWAM and what YWAM is so that everybody here kind of has a good sense of what YWAM is and does and around yeah. the world. So YWAM is, stands for Youth with a Mission, and it's basically 
I think it was started in the 80s or 70s, but it's a, a lot of young people coming together who don't make a dime. We just want to bring the gospel to people and places, and it's never been heard or like places where it's really, really unreached and tough places to go. Um, so our main school is called the DTS, which is like a six-month school, or it's like you can come 18 to 25, whenever, and you do, and you learn, and then you go to a different country, and you preach the gospel to someone who, to a village that maybe has never heard it before. Yeah, so the DTS, it stands for Discipleship Training School. Yeah. That's the main school that YWAM does. Mm-hmm. That's why I invited both of you. Because, oh. like, whatever Because I miss stuff, and then... <laughs> and it, she fills in. Some, or, yeah. and, and probably vice versa. So, as, so this is really cool. We heard this last night. Some of us went to dinner with them and, or had dinner with them and um, really just shared how it's not your parents that are missionaries, but you guys see yourselves as missionaries as well. Um, and they're high schoolers. So could you guys share a story, or one of the two of you or both of you, just about how God's been using you lately? Yeah, for sure. I'll go. Uh, so... About like a week ago, I was fr- flying from Boise to Las Vegas to babysit, not to gamble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, I was in the, like, at my gate just waiting, and I noticed this dude just uh, in a wheelchair. He kind of looks mad at the world with like a big knee brace thing on. So I'm walking to the bathroom, and I just kind of stop, and I'm like, hey, dude, like, why are you in a wheelchair <laughs> sort of thing? And he's like, well, I busted my knee, like, 20 years ago, but um, he said, I've been battling leukemia, and it's just destroyed me, and, like, um, so he's like, that's why I'm in the wheelchair, and I was like, well, dude, like, that's crazy. Can I pray for you? And he's like, no, 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 like, someone prayed for me yesterday. It was funny. He said, uh, you don't understand. Like, I'm flying to Las Vegas. It's like, I live in Las Vegas. Like, you don't want to pray for me. I live in Las Vegas. (laughs) I was like, nah, dude, that's why I want to pray for you. Like, (laughs) So he wouldn't let me pray for him, but I was like, as I was going, he's like, I was like, man, I believe that leukemia is not coming back. He was in remission. I just declare that over him. Like, even if you're not like, in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, you know, like, I'm like, dude, your knee's getting better right now in Jesus' name, like, (laughs) you know, so (laughs) kind of sneak that in there. But like, God is using us in like everyday things, you know? Cool. Do you have a story you want to share? Recently, I've just been seeing a lot of like really being able to connect with people my own age, right? So I go to youth group and none of the kids like ever think about God besides youth group so they they don't listen to the pastor they don't do this or that but it's really been interesting because like maybe at the end I'm like hey can I kind of rephrase what you're saying and pastor's like sure but Holy Spirit really gives me everyone's ears like everyone will listen and it's really cool because I get to like just connect with them like I'm your age I know what high school is like you know and that's really cool to see so how old do you think you need to be to share Jesus with somebody or to make a difference in the world through uh, prayer? Or You probably need to be able to talk. I'd say the minimum age is like one day old. One day. Yeah. Um, how many of you can talk? Kids, how many of you can talk? Yeah. Scarlett, you can too. <laughs> <laughs> you can yeah. you guys talk? Are you Kate? You could talk. So that means oh, yeah. they're saying that God could use you to do yeah. something amazing in this world. When we were, like, four, we, we were really lucky. We got to go to these awesome classes, and we were trained, like, just to hear God at a really young age, which we kind of dropped that later. But, and then picked it back up. But, so, it worked out I think, right. yeah, one of the, like, a lot of times we assume, like, little kids don't really get it, don't really care. But I think, like, 
you've been given like the same Holy Ghost, right, as Jesus had. The same thing he had, you have too. And so, like, there are even like four-year-olds out there who lead fire tunnels and see, like, just healings all the time. And they're just like little kids who still play with trucks and all this. But God will so use your childlike faith and, yeah, being a kid's dope, you know. Can I get an amen? <laughs> who likes being a kid? Who likes being a kid? Okay, <laughs> all the adults, you can like, I, I, like, I still like being a kid. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's just go to this last question here. What, what are you doing next, and how can we pray for you? Who wants to go? Yeah. All right, I'll go. Um, so I'm finishing my last year of high school, and then God's really led me to do a school in California. It's called Circuit Riders. And so you spend a couple months in Huntington Beach, and then basically you go on a road trip across the U.S. to different, um, like, universities. So last year they went to WSU, and they go to UCLA, and just stuff all over the country. And you get to just train people how to walk in godliness, how to walk in faith, how to love God with everything you are, right? And so, yeah, if you, want, if you guys want to stay up to date, like on what our family is doing, we have a sign-up page in the back. And you will get newsletters to you and probably a book. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, for me, I have kind of a funny story to tell with this. Uh, <laughs> so Promise? Yeah, it's okay. really funny. No, so I was, like, seeking God on this, like, God, like, what am I doing? So many people ask you when you're a junior, like, what's your life going to look like? Uh, and so <laughs> I was asking God, and he's like, Megan, I could so easily make you a senator. I could so easily put you in the slums of Africa. I could make you the wife of some really famous person. I was like, oh, dang. He's like, but I want to do something crazier. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, I'm just, like, looking for the crazier right now, and I don't know what that will look like. <laughs> that just describes my life, looking for the crazier. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're going to pray for you in a moment, but let's do some rapid-fire questions. You guys ready? I'm just going to go, like, boom, 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 really fast. All right. And then, so, just to not confuse things, we'll start – you answer, then you answer. Okay. Okay, and we'll just keep going that way. Ready? So, Megan, I feel closest to God when? Uh, like encountering God and just a day-to-day. Like, yeah. What? Play ghost. <laughs> yep. That was it? That was it. Okay. Um, a lot of my testimony is actually me feeling God and then me going home and not feeling God. I'm like, now I suck. So a lot of it has been stewarding my mind and, like, even though I don't feel close, I still am close. Mm. Okay. Megan, I feel most at peace when? Uh, same answer. Just like encounters with God in the everyday. Like Holy Ghost wants to so meet us. Even in like physical ways or spiritual ways. Like, I get it. Um, I see it when, like just hearing God's voice, that brings a lot of peace. Okay. So my non-spiritual answer is at Humbleburger. Oh, you so want our non-spiritual answer? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying you could win. Sleeping? Whatever. Sleeping? Sleeping. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, the craziest thing I have ever done legally is? Uh, I flew a helicopter over Las Vegas with some help, obviously. With some help. No help. There's no doors. That was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yikes. Okay. Um, I went down a Class 4 Rapid in an inflatable kayak when I was 10. I almost, I don't know. It was really scary. Cool. Yeah. Does anybody have, like, one or two questions from the audience, the church? Like my man bun? 
Yeah. On a scale of one to ten. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Kids, you guys have any questions you want to ask? What do you do in Cascade, Idaho? That's a really good question. We're, we're still figuring that one out. You sit at home, um, homeschool. Um, internet, that's pretty nice. Yeah, we get like three kilobytes a second. So being here, it's like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so at home, we do a lot of homeschool or yeah, like homeschool. We try and get out, but there's not a lot. One last question, especially kids. Kids got any questions? Garfield. Garfield. That's what he just asked. What? That, like work? It's because they do work. Oh, uh, All so. Dudes work, 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 work. <laughs> we both work at a Christian camp. Uh, we're just dishwashers in the back and like serve some food. All right. Dishwashers. Pretty great. They're pretty great. Yeah. All right, so last question, and then what we're going to do is we're going to pray for our kids, and we're going to switch things up and do our meet and greet time just because it makes sense in the service, I think. So uh, you guys have had just a little bit of you, like, because we met you this last summer on the mission trip, so you got to experience the Haas family and the Pagels family, which are part of Pullman Foursquare. And then you've been here over the weekend and got to hang out with a few people. How would you describe Pullman Foursquare so far? Oh, man, a dope church with some dope <sighs> pastors. <laughs> we paid them extra <laughs> No, I think God is going to use this church. Like, mm-hmm. I just say it over you guys. Like, this is a church that's, like, so spirit-led, and, like, God is bringing revival to Pullman, and, like, man, he's going to use you guys. I'd say it's pretty lit. <laughs> I don't This place is going to, like, it's so special to have this place. Like, a lot of churches wouldn't pray for like god we need you i like this is a place that really echoes that god we just need you wow i don't know thanks guys yeah well let's pray for you real quick and uh, then we're gonna pray for the kids and then we'll just take a quick break does that sound cool all right father we thank you for um, megan and grant hey kids would you guys just like reach your hands out toward them and pray for them as kids praying for them like just extend your prayers to them uh god in their next steps in life we just ask for your blessing we ask for clarity and a, and a picture of what it is that they're to walk in, that they would hear your voice clearly uh, calling them in a direction. Um, Jesus, I also pray that they wouldn't get out in front of you. Um, that each of us kind of needs this prayer, I think, that, uh, that you would be the one leading, that they would fall in step behind you following Jesus. God, we pray over our kids as they go that they would learn from your word and learn from one another and their teachers today, that they would know that they are called and chosen and set apart and that they can love people for your kingdom and love people into your kingdom. And it doesn't matter what age they are, that your Holy Spirit wants to use them to bring your kingdom here and now. So Jesus, bless them as they go and bless this congregation in your name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. All right, so kids, you're dismissed. We're going to take like three to five minutes and just meet and greet one another. Would you just, and it's a chance to meet Megan and Grant. Um, And so Grant and Megan are going to take turns kind of speaking. I don't know if you're going to come at the same time or not, but they both have some things they want to share with us, and uh, we'll close our service this morning. So you guys ready? Let's let's give, uh, let's just, this is, so we're not giving it up for Grant and Megan. We're giving it up for Jesus' work in Grant and Megan and encouraging them. So let's encourage Grant as he comes. You can clap, you can hoot, whatever you want to do. Oh, it's my pleasure. All righty.
Is this thing on? Okay. Uh, so Jamie told me you guys were doing a series about parables, and which kind of was not what I originally planned. But then, like, it came to me, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I know just what I want to talk about. So today, we're going to talk about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And uh, I know you guys just kind of sat down. We're going to put the words on screen. And I, I'd love if you guys would just stand with me as we read this. Just, like, to honor this as, like, the best thing. I can't say anything better than this. This is as good, get, as, good as, as good as it gets. It's Luke 10, 25 to 37. It says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. I bet he had like a neighbor. He's like, I don't like that guy so much, you know. He's like, I want to, he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor, right? So do I have to love everyone? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from, Jer- from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber, right? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. (gasps) Amen. You can be seated. Awesome. So, like, I grew up in church hearing this all the time, and I always knew, like, um, right, this was about Jesus and me being dead and all this, but I really want to kind of bring a different perspective on it because real, realistically and very, very practically, I believe this story is about evangelism. It's about sharing and loving someone outside of your comfort zone, sharing with someone and loving sh- someone who the world doesn't, ne- doesn't necessarily love, right? Someone who isn't really in our circles, in our worlds, but that really has a place in the kingdom, right? And I think like, Every single one of us in here, we, we walk by these people every single day, right? They, they, literally, hopefully, we don't see people in the ditch every single day. But, like, we walk by people who are, like, spiritually broken, mentally really hurting, and physically broken, right? And every day, we put on our smiles, and, we, and other people put on their smiles, and they put on their good looks, and... They mask their pain, and we go out and we smile at people who are permeated with lies about themselves, about how they're living, about their value, about their place in the world, right? So they don't know who they are, and they're hurting on the inside. Sometimes we can't see it. Sometimes we can't. But they're hurting, and God wants to heal that, right? I bet every single person that we walk by, if you think about it, when you go to get, I don't know, like, 
you got boba, which is kind of weird. But I bet, like, thinking about it, like, every single person we walk by every day of our lives has recently struggled or is struggling with depression, anxiety, worry, self-doubt, self-hate. Like, I'm feeling worthless, right? I bet, like, in this town, there are definitely people who think this life is garbage. Because, like, without Jesus, it kind of is. Like, it's not worth living, right? People don't want to be alive. And I think a lot of these lies, right, they, they cause everything in our lives, I think, is caused by a truth that we believe or a lie that we believe. And so these things that we see happening in society, like, like shootings and rapes and assaults and all these things, are about people who feel worthless about themselves. They don't know their value to God. They think, well, I'm just trash. And so they need a way to say... I'm powerful, right? They need to feel important. They need to do this and that so that they can be satisfied, right? All these things come from a lie about me, and I don't know who I am. So I take that out on other people. Not me personally. I mean, I used to. But I think a lot of times, like, we're like the priest, right? Do you guys, like, do you ever physically see something on someone, like, one time I was in Walmart, and, like, I'm sure that, like, people are just down like this. And, you know, like, you see, you look into someone's eyes, and you're like, that person is really, really lonely. That person's really, really mad. That person has a really, really busted knee. Like, you see, we see these people all over, and we see signs, and, like, God gives us discernment to be like, that person's really, really grieving. Right? These people are really, really hurting. And we see this, and we're like... Well, maybe I'll just go to the other checkout line. <laughs> you know, like we're kind of, we pass on the other side of the road because we don't want to be in touch with their mess, right? How, like, do you guys ever see people like this? Right? Yeah. Um, so, oh, I forgot to mention shame. A lot of people struggle with shame, which is not good and not fun. But, like, I want to address this, too. A lot of times I I talk to people and they say, like, well, yes, I see those people. But you see, Grant, like, I have my own problems. I'm really broken. I'm really this. I'm not perfect. And I don't have this together. And I still don't this. And I didn't read my Bible enough this week. And I don't know all these things. And I didn't go to Bible school and all this. But it's like, no. (laughs) Stop. God loves to use broken vessels, (laughs) which is really good news for me and for you. Right? Like, if you, if you can come in here and say, like, well, I'm a full vessel, like, <laughs> I don't think you are. <laughs> right? Like, I, there was never a character in the Bible that was like, I'm a full vessel. And God's like, nice. I'm so glad you're a full vessel. <laughs> right? Like, God uses the people who are broken. I think, right, when we see, even when we go through pain or when we see other people going through pain, what is our, like, first instinct? Our first instinct, a lot of times, if you're in pain, is you isolate, right? You draw in, like, I'm going to deal with my pain. I'm going to get my stuff together. And so we are like, oh, they're hurting. I better leave them alone so that they can deal with their pain and I'll deal with my stuff or let them deal with their stuff, right? I th- we can walk down, like, campus. Like, we drove through there. It was pretty awesome. That's a pretty cool campus. But, like, everyone is, like, you see some circles 
but a lot of people are just by themselves with people, right? They're in their own little tube next to people because they have pain. They have things that they don't want to talk about. They have insecurities about themselves that make them self-conscious about what they're doing. And I think, like, as a kid, I know this was me, right? Like, I grew up in Tacoma, and so I was always taught as a kid, like, stay away from the bad people. Stay away from people who, I don't know, wear cut-off shirts and have big tattoos and, like, you know, these people and, like, are smoking and all these things, which was it, which is weird looking back, right? Like, the, the, all these things we see as bad are really just signs of brokenness, which are really just signs of lies, which means they think they're an orphan. And guess what? They're not an orphan. But I think we really need to, like, reverse this in the church, right? Like, a lot of times I think is left over from Catholics or something. But, like, we hide in churches so we don't get dirty, and I stay safe, and you stay out there, <laughs> right? Like, our churches are good. They're not so good, so we don't. We don't cross the line, right? We can't be too clean to love broken people, right? Like, sometimes we're so scared of brokenness. We're like, ooh, did you hear they're doing that? That's really bad. Like, ooh. Mm-mm. So, like, like, and we're like, I guess they're, guess they're gone, <laughs> right? There's no hope. But, like, we need to think about this in a way that's like, oh, they're going through this. They are really struggling. Jesus really wants to help struggling people. Jesus isn't here for me, being me, kicking around, having everything together. Because I don't. Right? Jesus is here for people that will say, I don't have anything together. Like, by myself, in my flesh, like, I score like a zero. Right? We score zeros. But sometimes we're like, well, I have to measure up to this and that. And then maybe I'll be good and I'll go to church and I'll feel God. And, right? We just have these cycles, which are really strange. But I really, I really think we see these broken people. But I think we need a new revelation of what God wants to do in you and out of you. Right? Like Christ lives in you. You are in union with the answer to their brokenness. You share space. You live in the same space, like me, waving my hand. Jesus is also in my hand. Right? You live in union with the answer to the world's problems. How freaking cool is that? (laughs) Right? But sometimes we're so scared. We're like, Jesus isn't here. I don't know if you do that. I don't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if it's will. It's his will, right? I'm kind of scared. Is Jesus going to show up? He already did show it up when you showed up, right? Like, you all, no matter where you're at, can tell demons to leave, and they will, right? Like, it's kind of scary. Like, this happened the other day, actually, where I'm, like, just walking around, and I'm like, I feel like something's behind me. You know, like, I feel like something's following me through the house. And I'm like, <laughs> I just kind of turn around, and it's pretty scary. And you're like, stop, in Jesus' name. Like, leave, please. <laughs> Go away, I command you. And, like, these things do. We're so scared. Like, what if it doesn't work out in public? And then I don't 
And then they think I'm weird. And then they think, well, I guess Jesus isn't real because they didn't show up. No, people like appreciate that you'd stop and talk to them because they're really lonely and they're hurting. Right? Sometimes like we don't think like I'm mature enough to help. Right? I think this is what the Levi guy was doing. He was like, like, well, <laughs> the priest didn't help him. I'm probably not going to help him either. Like, you know, scurry on by that guy because I, like, even I do this sometimes. I do this a lot. Like, well, I didn't read my Bible enough the, the week. I forgot last night. Like, <laughs> I don't feel 100% at peace. I don't feel this. I'm not, my headspace isn't here, right? We, we put all these qualifications on things. And once I check all the boxes, maybe then I'll step out and love someone. Why do we do that? What if you just step out in your imperfections and you're like, hello, I love you. God loves you. Amen. <laughs> um, we don't think we're ready enough to help, right? But I think what we need to understand is that that person, physically half dead, or mentally or spiritually half dead, is ready to be helped. Right? Like, when the dude was on the ground, I imagine him, like, laying in a ditch like this. Like, he wasn't worried if the guy helping him had his PhD. It's like, I'm sure, like, you, I've been trained in churches where it's like, yeah, if you see someone really, really struggling with depression and they want to learn more about God, bring them to a pastor who's more mature. I'm like, what? When did Jesus tell us to, like, Okay, I'm going to make a race of people on the earth. They're going to be called pastors. <laughs> it's going to be pretty nice. Like, and so all these other people are going to bring the, to the pastors who, ha- who really have the Holy Spirit. They must be special or something, right? No, Jesus died so that he could fill you and you and you all with the ability to love someone and be filled and to pour out onto others. Right? We got it so backwards. We're like, oh, well, come to church. Here, come to church. Jesus is there. He, can, uh, he might meet you there, but Jesus lives in you. And he actually really wants to meet you. And he wants to meet them right where you're at, on a street corner in the airport. Right? I think sometimes, like, we doubt his will, right? We doubt, like, is this really what God wants to do? Is this the right time to pray for them? them to be healed or whatever but like god is already stepping past you he's like no i'm already healing the broken i'm already loving the hurting i made 15 minutes i did it yes like he's already doing these things he's already in motion he's already loving these people that we think are really really broken and too far gone so all you have to do is like say yes like yes and then you are partnering with his will on the earth, right? You love, like, just being his and being a conduit for heaven to step into the room, right? Sometimes, like, I've, this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, but we've believed lies, like, you know where the Bible says, like, Jesus says, and, the, and you will do greater things than me? A lot of times we believe like, well, 
that one wasn't really written for me, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just kind of a normal dude. I don't do those things. I don't see those things. They must not be for me, right? But I really believe that verse was spoken over all of you. God anointed all of us to do greater things than Jesus because we're here longer than him, right? If you're filled with the Holy Spirit more than three years, maybe, I don't know, I'm just making that up. My mind's gone. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I really, like, when you step out to love someone, when you step out to pray for someone, like, when the, when the dude, he's like, hey, I'll pay you back for anything like this dude charges you. You know, if he has an extra steak, I'll pay you back. And we need to realize that we are not paying out of our account. We're paying out of our father's account. He has a big account. <laughs> he has a really cool account. You know, it's like gold credit card or something. Ephesians 1.3 says that you, and you and you and you, and all of you over there, and you guys way over there, you have been blessed in the spiritual realm. This translates into the physical realm. You've been blessed in the spiritual realm with every single spiritual blessing in Christ. So every blessing Christ had, this blows my mind sometimes, every blessing that like the Father gave Christ, he also gave to you. Which means each one of you is anointed to raise the dead, <laughs> to change the weather, <laughs> like to heal the sick, to give someone a hug, to give a word to someone, all right, and just tell them that they're loved by God because that changes people's day a lot, like more than you think. Sometimes, like, we in church, we throw it around. One time I was on a plane, and this lady believed in the Native American gods. Like, I don't know how you get around with those today. But, like, I was like, I know this probably doesn't mean much, but, like, Jesus loves you. And she's like, whoa, that really means a lot to me. Right? We think, like, oh, well, they already probably know. It doesn't probably mean anything to them. It does. Because that changes their view of themselves and what God wants to do through them. Your bank account's overflowing. It doesn't have a limit. How cool is that? You are a very important person in the heavenly realm walking on the earth. Like Jesus. Like, imagine like you're the son of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is pretty cool. He's a billionaire. I don't know if he's actually pretty cool. He might be a jerk. But like you're the son of a really nice billionaire, right? This billionaire loves people. And he has anointed you with all of his finances. And so now you get to walk around with your angel guards in your nice white robe from heaven, which is actually Jesus. Like, he, it was up there. Now it's on here. Now that's empty. Right? You get to walk around with your dad's credit card and bless people everywhere you go. You're on, da- you're on dad's card. You can buy whatever you want. Like, God can do more than I can think of. Like, every thought you've had, it's not really an original thought. It was already in God's mind. Right? Every idea we came up with, it's not really my idea. (laughs) It's God's. (laughs) God's the only one who's creative, I think. You know? Creativity is just like me drawing my inspiration from Him. But, uh, you carry God's authority to bless people. Right? Sometimes we worry, like, well... 
like, I don't know, I prayed for someone's healing, and it didn't happen, so like, I'm not sure that's my gift, right? One time I tried to give a prophetic word, it didn't happen, that's not my gift. But like, you've been given all of them, right? You've been given all of them. You are all sons and daughters, sons or daughters, right, of God. You are meaningful, you are significant to him, which is awesome. And so I think what you really, you, we need to be love to the world around us, but you can't do that unless you know that you are his beloved, that he really likes you, he really loves living in you, he really wants to do a lot through you. That's the end of my notes. <laughs> so now, now it's Megan's turn. I hope maybe our notes line up a little bit. We didn't compare. No, they don't line up. Lit. Well, we get two messages today, which are pretty fun. All righty. Thank you, guys. All right, there we go. So Grant and I are very different speakers. I don't jump around quite as much, but uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I love hearing Grant speak. It's pretty great. But uh, <laughs> so I want to start off like thank you guys for like, letting us come here and speak. Like it's pretty crazy. Like not many churches will let <laughs> like a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old into their church. You know, but like man, I'm learning from Grant. So like, hope you guys did too. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to start off with a very strange dream I had, <laughs> kind of to tell a story. So like the Pagels said, um, I was a part of a staff, like I was staffing this camp they were going to, right? So, um, <laughs> during this camp, I had this dream of all of us, like, staff, all of us helpers, and we're all at the ocean, right? So <laughs> we're all swimming around, there's a boat going, all this and then one of the staff members gets attacked by a shark. And so in this dream, this person got, like, the ends of their legs bitten off by the shark. And it was horrible, and they're, like, kind of freaking out, like, oh, my goodness, a shark, you know? The normal stuff happens when you get bit by a shark. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, I wake up, and it's, like, 3 in the morning. And I was like, what the heck? That was the craziest dream. And God just, he spoke to me, and he's like, would you take that from them? And he just, like, over and over, like, it was one of those times God just speaks loud sometimes. And he's like, would you take that? Would you take that? Like, would you get, would you get your legs bitten off instead of that person getting their legs bitten off? And I was like, Lord, like, heck no. Like, <laughs> it just kind of seems like their problem now, right? I mean, <laughs> can you really get the legs on? <laughs> you know, it was one of those times and I was like, Lord, it's also three in the morning, like, kind of tired. Like, I didn't want to think about it. It was really convicting. The Lord's asking me a big question. Someone's legs just got bitten off in my dream, man. <laughs> so anyways, I wake up the next morning, and I go to just spend some time with God outside. And I, like, I just can't get this dream out of my head, you know. I'm thinking about it like, man, like, would I take that for someone? Would I, like, 
here, take my legs instead, you know? Like, (laughs) that's a very weird thought to think. And God so convicted me in that place of, like, that's what being a Christian is. It's, like, quite literally sticking out (laughs) your legs for the shark for someone else. Like, Jesus was the greatest example of this, I think. Like, so um, in John 15, if y'all, like, have Bibles or whatever, um, that's cool. (laughs) So in John 15, uh, Jesus says, uh, I'm going to start at verse 12 here. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Yeah, it's up there. (laughs) So in this verse, like, God says we're no longer servants of God. Like, we're not... Servants, like, kind of today has a bad connotation and kind of then had a little less of a bad connotation. But, you know, so, like, we're no longer servants of God. We're friends. We're, like, we're tight. We're homies, you know? Like, so, (laughs) uh, one of the verses, like, really stood out to me is in uh, verse 13. It says, it talks about the greater love. Like, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. Like, that can mean... In an everyday, like, putting your friend above you or, like, um, or that can be in death, like, very, really. And so Jesus, at this point, in John 15, this was Jesus speaking, and he already knew he was going to die. Like, the Last Supper had already happened. Um, he already told Judas, like, you're going to betray me. And Judas, like, ran out all ashamed and stuff. And, like, Peter um, was like, I won't deny you, Lord, and all that. All that already happened, like... <laughs> This is the final, like, two chapters before Jesus is arrested here. So he knew at this point that he was, he was showing us this greatest love that, like, that shows to lay down a life for a friend, like he calls us. So I was, like, I read this chapter for, like, a month. I was just, like, thinking about it. I was, it blew my mind, so I just kept reading it. But, like, God, one day, he just blew my mind, and he said, Megan, Friendship goes both ways, you know? If you have a friend, Grant's my friend. Emma's my friend over here. If I am just befriending Grant and Grant hates my guts, we're not really friends, you know? So, like, (laughs) the Lord was showing me that friendship goes both ways. So, the Lord, like, the Lord says we're friends. Like, I am friends with the Lord. So, like, I, (laughs) I, in return, I show that greatest love back that I would lay down my life for my friend. And in this case, like, my friend is Jesus. So as a Christian, we are called to stick out our legs for our friends here on earth, for the shark, you know, Uh, (laughs) but also for Jesus. Like, we are called as a Christian, like, it's not an easy job being a Christian. Like, it's actually really hard to be a Christian because you're literally signing up. You're saying, my whole life long, Lord, all all I'm going to do is, like, stick out my legs for other people. Like, I'm going to die for other people, Lord. I want to die for you. I want to die for the people around me. And that, like, <laughs> it's laying down of yourself. And it's crazy and insane. So, um, man, I just, like, I think uh, he, like, Jesus, right, at this point, he's about to die for us. He's about to die for all our sins. And, like, he thought we were worth dying for. I guess, like, the question to you is, like, are you, do you think 
that Jesus is worth dying for? Are you in a place, do you think that Jesus, our Jesus, our King, it's so easy to get caught up in church words and go, great Redeemer, King Jesus, I will die for you. But like, do you, do you think right now you would die for our King Jesus? Man. I think God is so, he's so awesome. He's so real. Like, that's something that blew my mind when I became a Christian. Like, it's crazy how real God is, you know? Sometimes we don't even realize it, you know? <laughs> he, he's so good. And, like, he wants, he wants to encounter each of us. I think in the church, like, worldwide, we've lowered our expectations. We said, like, well, this one time, like, I tried to pray and I didn't really see it happen. So I don't think God really answers prayers. And I don't know, I never really heard the audible voice of God. So, like, I don't know if God speaks. I don't know if that's for today. I don't know if that's my gift, you know. Uh, It's just so weird. Like, we've lowered our expectations for God. We don't realize what a great God we're serving. So, like, I don't know. I just want to share, like, everyday stuff that just happens with the Lord, you know. So, like, I want to, like, share stories to, like, raise the amount of faith in the room here, like, that God does want to encounter you on the daily. So, uh, on Thursday night, I was, like, the way I kind of prepare for messages is I, like, spend time with God. I don't really (laughs) write a whole lot down. I don't really prepare a whole lot. I just kind of spend time with God and see what happens. So, uh, like, I was just laying on the floor. Like, I think sometimes there's beauty in just spending, like, there was nothing else going on. I'm just laying on the floor in my room. But, uh, like, God just kind of takes me to this spiritual realm. Like, I've never really experienced anything like that, but, like, I was just seated with Christ in spiritual realms, you know? So I just have this vision of, like, this fog over me, you know? Um, And the Lord just showing me this fog is the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost just, and it keeps going and going and going. And so at first I'm like, so I breathe in, and I realize, like, the fog is going in. The Holy Ghost is coming in me. So my first thought is, like, (gasps) (laughs) like hold it in hold it in and the lord's like no no like you don't understand like you exhale and you only get to inhale more right there's a verse i think it's in john 2 where uh not john 2 but john as well uh (laughs) but it's like the lord gives the spirit without limit right so like as we exhale we just get more holy ghost heck yeah like that's pretty exciting um and so yeah and then as i'm laying there on my floor I'm like, what the heck? This is insane. Like, God is so in the room. He's so upon me. He's so upon you. It's pretty great. And, like, so (laughs) I'm laying there. I'm like, wow. And the Lord's like, sit up. So I'm like, sit up. I'm kind of sitting, like, crisscross applesauce on the floor, you know. Um, And I sit up, and it's like Jesus. I, like, see Jesus sitting crisscross applesauce, like, right in front of me, you know. And it's like uh, one of those like, pictures, like, relationship goals online where people are seeing, like, knee to knee. <laughs> That's kind of weird. No, but, so Jesus is sitting crisscross applesauce, <laughs> knee to knee, in front of me. And I'm like, whoa, like, what the heck? Jesus is here. And it was just this moment of, like, God, like, I knew in that moment. He loved me. He was there with me. He's encountering me. He wants to be with this random 16-year-old girl from Idaho. And, like, <laughs> so it was just this moment of, like, leaning, like, leaning with God, like, crisscross applesauce on the floor, and we just, it was like, Jesus and I leaning forward, that our, like, faces were touching, that is so close, you know, God is so amazing, he so wants to be with us, you know, and so, and then, 
something really cool happened. I kind of, I was like with Jesus, you know, sitting on the floor, and I looked down at my wrist, right? And the Lord just showed me like a friendship bracelet on my wrist, which like it wasn't there in real, like I don't have one, but like, <laughs> but it was there in spiritual realm, you know? He's like, you have a friendship bracelet from me on. And I'm like, whoa, what does that mean? What does that look like? So I guess my question for you guys is, do you guys have a friendship bracelet, like, with Jesus on? Are you guys wearing, <laughs> Grant doesn't have his friendship bracelet on. No, but <laughs> are you guys, do you guys have your friendship bracelet? Like, maybe some of you are, like, you know, weaving your little friendship bracelets. Maybe some of you just started making them. You're, like, choosing out colors to make your friendship bracelet or something. But, like, what does your friendship bracelet look like? Is yours, like, old and tattered or, like, because you've just been with Jesus so long? You have a party with the Lord and like for 50 years and your friendship bracelet's like a little older than mine is, you know, but like you've been through <laughs> so much with the Lord, you know? So I don't know, just know that with your friendship bracelet, this means laying down your life to Jesus, even to the point of death. There's a responsibility that comes in like a craziness that is the Christian life when we put on that friendship bracelet. Thank you, guys. That one was almost dead. We're a little over time today, which is awesome. You guys, like, appreciate what you heard from Grant and Megan? You feel challenged? You feel challenged? So the scripture says that, you know, Jesus invites the little children to come unto him. And, and he says, you know, we have to come to the Father as little children. Um, and children come with a sense of expectation and with no fear. And I think that's what Jesus is really inviting us into this morning, is to, to lay down our fear and to, to pick up some expectation that he wants to do something in us and through us and for us this morning. So I'm just going to pray for us, and we're going to dismiss um, and some of you are going to go home, and others, we want to just invite you to stay. And we're, we're going to talk, we're going to eat pizza, we're going to talk for a little while longer, and we're going to put a little bit into things and to practice what we preach. And, and that's a little scary, but we're going to do it together, and uh, we're going to have each other's back, and Jesus is going to be with us, and we're going to see God do something amazing. Yeah. All right? So, Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence with us. Um, we thank you for this fiery, passionate uh, young pair of people that you have uh, given your spirit. We pray that you would bless Grant and Megan, that you would bless their family and their mission and what they're called to do, that you would continue to speak to them, that you would provide for every need. And Lord, this morning as we uh, follow you, as we uh, put our footsteps right behind yours and go where you lead us, we pray that you would uh, give us a spirit of courage, um, that you would give us words, that you would give us visions, and that you would lead us, God, to where you would have us go this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So parents, go get your kids. Apologize to the Sunday school teachers. Tell them it was all your fault. And if you're meeting with us, grab some chairs. We're going to meet on the back space. I don't know where the pizza's at yet, but we're going to meet right back there in just a couple minutes. Go.